Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And by the grace of God, we are moving steadily. And uh, we want to continue with our study of the book of Matthew, which we are handling. I believe we are on chapter 9. And where we closed off last time, we were looking at the daughter of the synagogue official who is raised to life by Jesus. He goes and tells the mourners, guys, pack up your bags. It's not time to mourn. Uh, it's time for this girl to get back to life. And he brought him back to life. And verse 27, continuing from there, starts by saying, as Jesus went on from there, from where? From the healing of that girl, from the raising of that girl to life. This is an interesting thing. As per how they are writing this, uh, these stories, if I may say, or this ministry of Jesus, it appears like it is a constant ministry. Yeah, Jesus is worshiping, is worshiping God, is honoring His Father, He's doing ministry, He's doing His ministry on a continuous level because it's like activity after activity. So it starts by saying, as Jesus went on from where? From where? From healing the or raising, rather, the girl back to life. This will show us that when it comes to ministry, we do not get tired. He's not saying that I'm tired, I've done so much today. No. He goes on and does the work of God. And that's one thing that we've got to do. We worship God. We honor him. We do ministry we go out and serve without getting tired. Of course, you can get time to rest, but you don't come out and serve, done this ministry for 50 years or for 10 years, and I'm tired. No, you don't get tired. You still do, because when we are worshiping, when we are serving God, it is not in our own power. It is not in our own strength. It's by the strength of the Holy Spirit. And he will always give you the strength to do. As long as it's about ministry, as long as you want to carry on, he will give you the strength to do that. So, he goes on from there and he's still at work. And now, he meets two blind men. These blind men, we are told here, two blind men followed him. They knew the power. They knew what Jesus is about. They knew what Jesus had done. They had an idea about the strength and the power that flows with Jesus. So, they are tired of being blind. They've heard about stories of their, uh, other people who have been blind and are seeing. And actually now, they've even heard about the fact that a girl has been raised to life. And they decide, we are going to follow Jesus. When your life has trouble, you have to look to Jesus. When you have things that are bothering you, the first thing to do is to look to who to follow. You're not going to follow uh, just anything else. You follow Jesus. You 
turn your eyes to the things that matter and say, I am going to follow Jesus because with him, there's a track record. There's a track record of things being well, of life getting better, of diseases being healed, of circumstances and situations coming to life because of Jesus. So, when these blind men, of course, they have trouble, they have problems, they follow Jesus. When that business is not working well, you follow Jesus. When your life looks like hell, you follow Jesus. Because with him, there's a track record that things get better. So these men followed Jesus and they did not stop there. They cried out and they said, have mercy on us, son of David. They are crying out. You cry out with trouble. You cry out when things are not going well. You cry out. You pray. You call on Jesus. You ask him to come into your life and help you. You ask him to come into your circumstance and help you. You ask him to come forth and fight for you. Friends, it's not bad for you to cry out to the Lord. It is okay for you to cry out to the Lord. He'll come. Now, what are you going through today? What are you experiencing today? How bad is it? Does it look like you're left alone? Does it look like everybody has abandoned you? Have they put a bad, uh, bad news about you and they're speaking about you in, in, in things you did not do and you feel that you're, you're in shame, you're living in shame and embarrassment? What is it that you're going through? You cry out to Jesus. These men knew they had a problem. They knew they had trouble with them. And they cried out to Jesus. And they say, have mercy on us. Because truthfully, sometimes we're not deserving of mercy. Even what you could have done that, is, that has led you to trouble today could be your fault. But God does not run out of mercies. His mercies are new every morning. We knew that, that his mercies are new every morning. Why is it called mercy? It is mercy because you are guilty. It is mercy because you deserve punishment, but they are going to have mercy on you. And that is what Jesus does. His mercies come and fill you up. And you receive what you're not deserving. So whatever you have done, yeah, whatever they've said you have done, whatever you have actually done, his mercies are new. His mercies can surround you and you can be well. You just have to say, have mercy on me. Because sometimes some of us are even proud. We do not accept the fact that we are the ones who have wronged. We, we keep on blaming others for our own faults. Even now, in, in matters of Christ, you keep on insisting that for you, you are pure, you are perfect, you have done nothing wrong, you are sinless. Accept your position. Accept the problems you carry and beg for mercy. And cry out for mercy and ask him to forgive you. Ask him to come out and help you. These blind men ask for mercy. And when he entered the house, the blind men came up to him and said, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Jesus is now taking it a notch higher. Remember the past stories we've read here or experiences in the ministry of Jesus have involved faith that you have to believe that it is going to happen. You have to have the faith that good things are going to happen 
for you. You must have the faith if things are going to work. People who don't have faith don't get things done. And he's be asking them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And guess what they said? Yes, Lord. God is asking you today, do you believe that I can heal that cancer? And all that you've got to say is, yes, Lord. God is asking you, do you believe I can return this totally failed marriage back to life? And the answer should be, yes, Lord. God is asking, and it doesn't, I don't know what you're experiencing or what you're going through, but he is asking and saying, do you believe that I can help you? Do you believe that I can give you that job? It's a matter of faith right now. And all you've got to do is say, yes, Lord. Do you believe that I can grant you that visa you've been, you've been hoping for? And he's saying, yes, Lord. The permits you've been praying for and the answer should be yes, Lord, because it is about faith. When, if these men say we do not believe, I want you to picture, if these blind men had said we don't believe or we are not sure would Christ have come out for them, it takes belief. It takes faith. What does it kill to believe? There are so many things we believe in that don't even make sense. Yeah, How about we take time to believe in Jesus? How about we take time to believe in his saving power, his healing power? And that is what these men do, and they say, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, it shall be done to you according to your faith. It is according to your faith that you are rewarded. If your faith is great, then the reward will be great. If your faith is small, then the reward will be small. He touches their eyes because for him what he touches, if Jesus touches anything, your life, whatever it is, it will be well. And now, he tells them, according to your faith, this is some, somewhat similar to what we read earlier in Matthew eight thirteen, when he was uh, dealing with a centurion, because he also told him, as you have believed, so it shall be. What is that which you believe? The things we believe in are eventually the things that come to us. And he says, according to your faith, it shall be done to you. I need to learn to raise my faith. I know it's hard sometimes, but we have got to learn to raise our faith. Because when we raise our faith, then great things shall start to happen to you. I've been reminded, there's uh, somebody, I was a client actually, that I, I worked for some time back. And, um, you know, he's a man of, of faith from how I knew him and the, the person who referred me and how they explained his life and how he works. His things are full of faith. Now, the first thing that was shocking to me in our experience, um, he called me and said, come, I want you to, design a house for me i'm like okay let's go so we go and he shows me this place and he tells me this is where i want to build this house okay so you you're going to draft plans for me of how my house shall look and this is a place i'm like okay where is it he shows me and we go to the land and he stands on the road and says this is the place of course me i did not know about the ownership or anything and he says, you go walk around 
So I go, I walk around the plot. I see how it looks like. And I'm like, okay, we can do something really nice here. And he was watching. He was on the road. He stayed on the road. He didn't get into the plot. So I come out. Then he takes me to, there is a place that they were renting nearby at the moment. It had, it was a big plot. It had uh, real nice storied houses, rentals. I think there were two or three blocks. Yeah, really nice. And he told me, because uh, the, the plot he showed me that where he wanted to build was just close to where he was renting. So he tells me that I'm going to build down there, but also here where we are renting, I'm going to buy this place. And we want the you remove the perimeter wall that's separating the plot I've shown you to where we are renting because it will all be one unit, one whole big uh property that will belong to me. Now, in all the speech this gentleman was making, it felt like he owned everything. Because he was saying, we shall break this wall and we shall have this adjoined. So, I'm like, okay, that is fine. This is how we shall do this side where, where, where the rentals are and it shall match very well with the, your lower side where we will build your house. So, when I left, that's when I got to know that he was speaking about property that does not belong to him. The land he showed me did not belong to him, but he had faith that it will belong to him. The rental side, yeah, the part of the property, the very huge and nice property of rentals that he was talking about, I thought belonged to him, but I got to know it did not belong to him. But he was speaking like it was his. He had faith that it's going to be his. So, let me cut the long story short. I think a year later, I get to know again that around, in, there's a period where the, the landlords were trying to, they were raising rent, they were trying to push them out of these rentals. It's in that period that this man decided and said, I'm going to buy this property. And the man bought the property where he was renting the entire facility. And now what is next in line is the plot he showed me below. But this took me to understand that some things, if you believe in them, if you have faith in them, then you shall have them. According to the measure of your faith is what you're going to get. If I'm a, a person who never looks at things and says that is going to be mine, I have faith that I will own that. I have faith that God is going to give this to me. Then, there are limitations on ownership. There are limitations on blessings that are going to come my way. This gentleman claimed that property even before he had the money. And the money comes in a miraculous way. And God already knew that the, the eyes of this man are set to this. He has faith that this will be his. So, it shall be done according to his faith. These blind men right here, if they believe that, okay, I just want to see a, bi a bit, a little bit, then that is what will happen to them. If they are saying, okay, just one eye should see, at least if I have one eye, I will be able to see some things, then that's what will be. Jesus tells them, it shall be done to you according to your faith. If you believe that you're going to see perfectly, purely like, like a, a new, somebody who's, who's just new in life, 
like a youth, like a child, and your eyes are going to have clear sight, then that is what you're going to get. So I need to be careful on the things that I want. Dream perfection. Speak, you know, sometimes we fear to proclaim and believe that we can have the best things in life. That you can have the best car. That you can have the best home. You can have the best house. You can have the best job. And you're looking at all the qualifications and you you feel this I, this doesn't apply to me. I don't qualify for this. But that's what God wants to look at. And according to that faith, then it shall be done to you. According to the faith that you have, things are going to be done to you. If you're believing for the best, then you're going to get the best. So he tells them, it shall be done according to your faith. And their eyes were opened because their faith and what they believed in was to open their eyes to see. And Jesus sternly warned them and said, see that no one knows about this. But, you know, if you've been blind and you've been walking uh, with guidance and now you're walking and jumping all streams and uh, hopping around, Everybody's got to know what has happened to you. But they went out and they just couldn't keep quiet. They spread news about him throughout the land. You know, when good things have been done, you cannot hide the testimony. Of course, Jesus tells them, do not let anybody know about this. But, you know, he's just showing us the humility and Jesus and how he operates because with him, you don't have to go out and say that he healed you. You know, sometimes there are things we do in ministry. We ha- carry out uh, ministry, we serve and pray for people and get healed and we start to blow our own trumpet. No, it's not you to blow it. Let them go and let them speak. Yeah, Jesus actually even tells them, don't speak, but they will go out and speak. The testimony shall go out before you for that which you've done. And that's exactly what happens with these two men who can now see. So just like that, according to their faith, they're walking and they can see well and everything is perfect. As they were going out, this day seemed so busy with Jesus because it shows us that things are happening. Yeah, Minute after minute, there is ministry to do. Yeah, Like we started saying. So as they are going out, the, these two men who can now see, a mute demon-possessed man was brought to him. There's no rest for Jesus. Just after he has healed the others, a mute, demon-possessed man is brought to him. Now, we need to get the picture of this man. He cannot talk, but then he's also demon-possessed, and he's being brought to him. I don't know if you've experienced... uh, such sessions or uh, moments where somebody is so demon-possessed that they have to hold him. Some are even tied up in chains because they are so strong. Yeah, The demons uh, afflicting them are causing much strength upon them. That is the type that was brought to him. They, this man must have been tied up Yeah, and is brought to Jesus. After the demon was cast out, because with Jesus is just a word. It's just a word. Say, out! And it will be out. It can't stay. I don't know who is being afflicted by demons. But we command them out in the name of Jesus. Out of your life. And you be well and healed. 
in the name of Jesus. Now, after these demons are cast out, the mute man spoke. This is it. What had caused this, this, this man not to speak? It's demons. Demons can sit on a person and cause things that are normal to cease. Demons can sit on a person and cause them to stop to speak. What was stopping this man to speak were demons that were upon him. And it's clear here that after the demon was cast out, the man spoke. There are things, I will mention this, the afflictions upon somebody's life that are caused by demons. And the moment those demons are cast out, you shall be free. And some demons, by the way, the, 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 what is going to cast them out may not be just prayer. It is your lifestyle. And they've been brought about by your lifestyle. Because the places you hang out can throw demons onto you. The things you do can bring demons or a demonic presence upon you. And now things stop to move. Your businesses that were working well start to fail. And you're wondering, what happened? What just happened? I thought everything was in check. I thought I was getting everything in order. But then the life that you live can bring a demonic presence upon you and that will block blessings upon your life. That will stop some things from happening. For this man, I don't know. We're not told what exactly this man was doing as... Uh, that, that caused this demonic presence that stopped him from speaking. But whatever he was doing, the condition he was going through that he couldn't speak was because of an evil presence. There are some things that you are going to learn to deal with so that you do not entice the presence of the demonic world around you, around your family, around your children, around your business, Yeah. You do not let them... I'll speak specifically now for businesses. The things that the world does to make sure that they prosper in businesses. And these are demonic things that they do. And you have to be aware that you as a child of God, you as a Christian, you as a believer, those are not the principles by which you move. They will get... I see them in shops even around town. Someone gets his, uh, their small god and, and they're burning incense to eat and it's there. And they're saying, when we do this, then we get a blessing. That's not what you do. You don't bring the demonic close to you because there are things that will die. There are things, there are natural things that can stop. This man became mute. For you, I don't know what could happen. Yeah, you don't bring evil close to you because with the demonic presence around your life, there are things that die. So what do you do? You fill your life with the Holy Spirit. You fill your life with the presence of God. You fill all things around you with the presence of God. You let the music play that is speaking about God. You let the speech about God. You do all that in your workplace, in your business that is about God. Because with that, then there is no presence or there is no uh, environment that attracts the presence of evil. And... There are some diseases that are afflicting people. And just like this man, if those demons are cast out, that disease shall go. If that demon is cast out, that disease shall go. If that spirit of adultery is cast out, that disease shall go. If that spirit of 
fornication is cast out, that infirmity shall live. And may God help us realize and know what exactly these things we have to deal with so that we are safe. And he, after casting out the demon, this man speaks. And the crowds were amazed and they were saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Yes, that's the truth. Because with Jesus, when it comes to Jesus, the things he does, nobody has seen before. The things Jesus is going to do for you, no one has seen in your family. No one has seen in your community. They will wonder and say, how come this is happening to this man, this woman? What did they do? How much? Who did? You know, some people already say, which, which shrine did you visit? No, we don't visit shrines. We just have Jesus. He's enough for us. And everything that people are going to see because of your work with Christ is going to amaze them. But the Pharisees, of course, for them they were saying, he casts out demons by the ruler of demons. They are always those people who want to get the workings of God and turn them to their own interests because they are jealous of the things you're doing. This power that Jesus has, the Pharisees don't have. All they have is the religion. All they have is the hypocrisy. The hypocritical life is nothing good you can see. And for them, they start to speak of the power of God in in, in the wrong way, and they're saying that Jesus is not using the power of God. He's using the power of demons. But how can a demon cast out a demon? It's just cast out a demon. Yeah? And for them, they are going on because of how much they hated him. They're speaking that he's casting out by the ruler of demons. Of course, we'll, we'll look at this a lot more in the near future. But the Pharisees were really determined to do all that they had to make sure that Jesus is not in ministry, that Jesus is not in their land. Yeah, They did not want him close. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of of sickness, seeing the people he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Of course, Jesus has done his work, he's doing his work, he's healing all disease, and he has compassion. That is one thing that is key upon ministry. If people are going to be impacted by your ministry, there has to be compassion. You must have compassion. Compassion moves things. Compassion uh, is the lead in everything. Without compassion, then it's just a game. And when we are told that these people were dispirited and they are like sheep without a shepherd, they were Pharisees, leaders of religion, but then they were not shepherds. A shepherd takes it a notch higher. We looked at a shepherd when we were handling the book of Psalms and we went into detail about the life of a shepherd. You can find in those podcasts uh, when we dealt with the role of a shepherd. Yeah, You can check them out in our Old Testament study. A shepherd has takes it a notch higher. yeah, And that's what Jesus looked at and said, 
these guys just tell them what to do. They just read out the law to them, but they do not shepherd. A shepherd gets into the life of the sheep. And that is what Jesus does. He will look into your life. And he says there's so many. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. There are few people who want to get into the life of, of people. There are few people who want to get into deep concern for my people. That they don't just want to take money out of them. They don't just want to steal from them. yeah. But they should have genuine concern. And that is what they are asking. Beseech the Lord. That he sends out such people. Even today, there are so many people who might be leading, but they are not shepherds. Who might be having churches and congregations, but they are not shepherds. A shepherd will know you by name. A shepherd will know what you ate. A shepherd will know everything, every detail about you. That's the role of a shepherd. And if you go and check out those episodes we did, it will bring it out clearly. And that's what Jesus is seeking for. He's saying, these people are dispirited. They lack a shepherd. And I pray that God helps us in that endeavor. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We ask you to bless us, prosper us, take us to another level, and help us live a life that is pleasing to you. Heal somebody today, touch somebody today, and make somebody well. The one that had no hope, may you bring hope into their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, BibleInDepth.com.